This is Fanspeak, a weekly live show where the fans of comics and its community are our guests. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we have uh, a lot of interesting things to do, do today, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, but before we get into introducing our guest, uh, I want to cover, cover a couple of uh, fan speak uh, news points. Uh, first of all, uh, if you haven't joined the fan speak uh, Facebook group, please do so. Down below, there's a link, uh, and uh, just go over there and join us. And uh, in that inside the community, we're going to do a lot of things that we're going to bring over here uh, into uh, the FanSpeak uh, weekly live show here at 8 o'clock. Uh, one of the things we want to do is we want to start uh, getting uh, people to submit their art. Now, there's a lot of artists in this community, uh, and we want to be able to show it off. So, uh, you know, go over to the FanSpeak uh, uh, Facebook group, drop your art, and we'll show it on the show. Uh, another thing we really want to do is uh, start getting more comic book reviews or just, you know, talking about comics that you like from you guys uh, and posting them on the group so that we can read them here. And today we're going to give you an example of that. Uh, so, Denali, uh, you want to go ahead and, uh, and read one of the uh, reviews we got sent in? Uh, sure, definitely. So this comes from uh, Crow Neva on the FanSpeak fan page. Um, they posted um, a little bit blurb about Deathstroke 30 through 35, which was Deathstroke versus Batman. Uh, they said, uh, Deathstroke is always worth the money. Christopher Priest knows how to write a story. I don't disagree with that. His latest arc just concluded, which is Deathstroke versus Batman, and it doesn't disappoint. Slay and Batman has a very industry, industry. Um, yeah. union, union. Contrast to them and and to their writing, um, explores the ma uh, the masterfully. He doesn't really choose favor, and they challenge each other not physically but ethically as well. So it seems like a worthwhile read based on just the blurb. You know, kind of interesting what Deathstroke and Batman. Working together or fighting against each other will bring to the table, especially with um, a veteran writer like Christopher uh, Priest. You know, you always have yeah. that spin in there. That's true. All right, now, and who wrote this review again, uh, Danelli? Uh, this was uh, Crow Neva, uh, K R O W N E V A. Now I have uh, I've heard of this person before. I think I've even chatted with him. Uh, uh, maybe uh, Pope or Booster knows who that is. It's Bloody Crow. He's from our. He's one of our mods. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's cool, right? And, and everyone, that's what we want. We want you guys uh, to uh, you know send in your reviews. Let us talk about it. Let us share it with the community. I think it's a it's a cool thing to do, but. Uh, so just go over to the Facebook, uh, the fan, fan speak Facebook group and, uh, you know, leave your art, leave some comic reviews, interact, and we will definitely share everything on the show. Uh, now, uh, what I want to do now is go ahead and introduce the guests we have here today. So uh, first off, uh, we have uh, uh, new guests today, new fan guests, and uh, we have Luis. How you doing, Luis? Oh, hey, hey, everybody. 
All right. Uh, another new guest we have today is James, better known as Doom. How are you doing today? Doing good. Hello, everyone. All right. And of course, uh, uh, oh, down from uh, New Zealand, we have the magnanimous booster. Hello there. How are we doing, lads? Uh, we have the incredibly creative Pixel Trader. Coming at you live from San Diego, guys. How you doing? All right. Uh, we have the amazing Pope Fire. <laughs> You're muted, Pope. Just wave. Just wave. Hi. <laughs> okay. There we go. Okay. We have the intrepid Denali. Hey, gang. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoy the show. And, of course, we have the chairman of the board, Mr. DeWolf. Howdy, y'all. All right, Mr. DeWolf. Well, uh, it's time again for our weekly chairman's address. So please, sir, uh, take it away. The culture war. We hear about it a lot these days. What does that mean, culture? In this way, it means shared values, goals, and practices of an organization. It's their way of doing things. These of these of Comicsgate um, often call themselves a community, and they've developed their own culture. There are certain phrases known to all of them, you know, such as "kick Nasser" or "have some pie." Um, they've they've come together, and they've changed their lives. They've changed their schedules. They've changed their spending habits. And some of these are drastic changes, and they're devoted to them. Now, most of this has happened since before last July. That's within six months. They've become a, a thriving, active subculture of comics. And it's developed into a $2 million industry as well. That's true. Many of these people have not bought comics in years. And a, a culture that is now revived within them. This revival is solid and it's growing. This is a growing culture. It's a new comics revival that is at hand. Out with Comicsgate and prepare yourselves for the revival. The comics revival. That's just what I'm saying. What are the fans saying? Welcome to fan speak. All right, thank you very much, Mr. DeWolf. Very well that said. Interesting stuff. Why? Go ahead, Booster. What was that? I said that spoke to my soul. That was poetry. It was poetic. It was. It was nice. I feel. I feel. I feel something. <laughs> but no, he's, he's right, man. It, it is. It is a truthful statement. It's a, a community, and uh, I really don't like the com Comicsgate uh, tag. I understand why so many of us have have uh, grabbed the whole of it because we're being called something so embrace it i get it but i just don't like it because uh, we're it's not what it is this is a this is something different um anyway uh now we're going to uh, uh go in and uh, meet our new guests a little bit uh, more in depth uh but everyone who's watching thank you for coming uh, i see some interesting comments over here in the chat and we'll try to get and uh, respond to those as we go through uh the the show today uh, but uh, please uh, do us a favor and uh, hit the like button because that helps us with uh, trending with uh, YouTube. Also, subscribe. Uh, and if you can, go down and hit that share button and share it out. And let's get more people in here uh, and uh, have ourselves an interesting show today with lots of people involved and, uh, and enjoying it. Uh, so let's meet our two new guests we have today. 
Uh, first, we have uh, Luis. Now, Luis is an interesting uh, person because not only is he a fan, but he's also a creator. So, Luis, uh, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I'm from Portugal. I was born in Portugal, but I was raised in the UK. And I've, I've, I just launched an Indiegogo for my uh, first issue, my ongoing project, Damnation of the West, which came out um, on the 13th of this month. So I'm just um, promoting that on Twitter these days. Oh, excellent. And we're going to talk about that more uh, in our comics uh, segment. Uh, but uh, uh, I want to ask you a question, same question I ask all our new fan guests. And it's very simple. What brought you to this community, this uh, so-called comics gate community? What brought you to to us? Well, I was just uh, forced politics and media. I, just, I don't like how they tried to um, uh, harm us in, into your stories, which is just, I think it's just wrong. It's just never worked out in history. It won't work out now. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty common story we get. It's, it's really the politics. We just want to have yeah. fun, but it's politics. And we're going to see a bunch of silly politics today in our news <laughs> segment. Uh, all right. So uh, thank you very much, Luis. Uh, let's move on over here to James, uh, otherwise known as Doom. Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. Well, um, I've been a comics fan my whole life. I started noticing a, a downward spiral in quality over at Marvel. I've been a Marvel guy mostly towards the last couple of years. And um, I decided to start getting more into watching YouTube videos early last year. And I decided to start watching comic reviews. And that's how I found our boy, Zach. And he asked um, for suggestions on books to review. And I suggested infamous Iron Man and he saw that and he did it and he reviewed the book. And he basically said what I've been thinking. So I've been a fan ever since. And, Excellent. Yeah. Um, last November, I was asked, or late October, I was asked to admin the Diversity in Comics Facebook group, and I've been doing that ever since, too. You have, and that's where I met you. Um, um, and, uh, you know, that answers the question as well as why, what brought you to the community. It, it, it's uh, just unhappiness with what's going on in comics and then finding uh, YouTubes. And I get you, so you're saying you found Richard first. Yes. That's interesting because for me, I was a Captain Cummins, uh, Cummings watcher, and he's the one who introduced me to uh, DNC. So, and it's too bad he's not with us anymore. I don't know what that happened with that, but I guess that's a conversation for another day. Um, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much and welcome. Uh, very happy to have you here today. All right, everybody, we're going to move into our news segment and have some chats. And uh, like I said, we'll uh, try to pay attention over here in the uh, uh, in the chats as well uh, and you guys uh, keep eye on that if you see some interesting comment or something just pop in with it all right um, so, okay let's go and start this off now today we have a lot of really interesting stories in uh, comics uh, comics news this week first one we're going to start off with I think is kind of interesting uh, one of my favorite characters is Moon Knight. Do you guys like Moon Knight? Yeah, I'm shipped with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what we have here is a very interesting thing, I think. I, I don't think it's a happy thing, but it is what it is, I guess. Uh, but Moon Knight 200 is coming out. 
which in itself is makes me happy that, that we've had so many moon nights, but it, but what, who's creating it is the problem. And we have Bill Sikhevich and Jeff Lemire are doing Moon Knight 200. Now, I don't know if you guys know much about these two people, but um, I know Jeff Lemire more than Bill Sienkiewicz, but uh, these are not nice people. These are extremely uh, hateful people. And um, anybody have any opinions on them? Um, well, I've heard that the Moon Knight Lemire run was probably one of the better ones. Uh, I actually, for the raffle we're doing, the Moon Knight I included was a one that he read or wrote. I, I don't know anything about him, though. Well, then let's learn a little bit about him. As you see on the screen, I have here uh, Jeff Lemire. Let me make uh, sure. That's exactly how you'd expect him to. <laughs> to look? Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> he, just Well, he just shaved because else he would have the little goatee. Um, right, sure, and sure. Face, little face plan. You know that all soy boys have? Well, he has the, he's got the smirk going on. He's got the yeah. smirk going on for sure. Yep, he got the you smirk. Know. He got the glasses, got the hair. He just shaved a little bit earlier to yeah. get rid of that facial. Well, as you see, this article is from CBR, which we all know that CBR is not at all fair and balanced in their reporting. Uh, but uh, they denounce Comicsgate, as you see in the title here. And um, uh, basically... This is all going back to something that happened uh, some weeks back with the Darwin Cook's widow. Uh, and um, uh, let's see here. Booster, do you know much about that? About the Darwin Cook uh, widow situation? Yeah, yeah. I, I know plenty about it. That was a, uh, how do I put it in a, a PG-13 uh, term? It was a uh, S-word show. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> it was an absolute bloody disaster, that situation. Well, tell us what happened, man. Well, what we had was we had this uh, little Grom fellow who just kind of came out of the woodworks and posted a video saying, hey, look, this is Darwin Cook. He would have loved Comics Gate. Look at these opinions he's expressing. This is the same stuff that we're saying. And I think uh, Ethan thought, yeah, that's a cool idea and decided to retweet that. And... Well, I don't know where she came from, but Darwin Cook's widow came out. And uh, maybe she was alerted by some other people. I'm not sure. But uh, <clears throat> she came in and said, uh, no, you're all awful, comic skaters. Darwin Cook would have hated you, crybaby losers. And, uh, well, I suppose because of the absolute toxic language she was using, she sounded like a, t to be honest, a 20-year-old Tumblr user. So people doubted it was actually the real woman. So they attacked her, and now we got articles on us saying Comicsgate attacks uh, elderly widow, and yes. that looks very bad on our part. Yeah, it does. And just to add more to background, what occurred was uh, Billy Tucci, who was good friends with Darlin um, Cook came on to a comics gate live video and he was, you know, he's for us. And during the conversation that was occurring to one of those Ethan stream, he said um, that he's friends with Darlin cook. And he said, I believe darling cook 
would have been Comicsgate, which led to this user, uh, Grom, to um, post that tweet saying, hey, it's cool that he would join us. And that's where the whole thing um, escalated, which is very unfortunate. Mm. We, we yeah, should have said, uh, yes, ma'am, you're right, and uh, back the hell off as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Most of us did. There was only mm. a few idiots that went in and uh, tried to fight with it. They should have known better and just left it alone. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you from personal experience that sometimes it's not great being female in this movement. No, I I imagine that, and uh, uh, and of course, you know, we men take a lot of flack too. I guess we're just more used to it. It's kind of male culture to, uh, you know, you know, jibe each other, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was not cool what happened with that. But it, it was also not correct. Uh, it's not really we didn't do anything to her, and, uh, and but we got blamed for it. And of course, that's what that's what happens, right? Uh, just want to say welcome to Mister Thundaro, the mighty wrench of Ethan Van Skyver. How are you doing today? All right, how are you? Uh, nice, uh, <laughs> uh, nice to have you on, man. All right, let's move on to our uh, next uh, topic here, which uh, is equally as interesting. Oh, my. Look who we have here, our favorite people. <laughs> oh. Hey, Pixel, you want to do me a favor and tell them who's on the screen right now? Pinches! <laughs> I guess not. Uh, I who can't wants say to take his name without like raising my fist in the air and going, Bendis? That's right. I, 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 I was shaking my fist too hard. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Go ahead, Pixel. Tell, tell us who these people no, are. No, no, it's all right. Well, I actually, I Bendis, I recognize the other one. Was that? It's... That would be Tom King. Tom King. You know, I actually don't know what Tom King looks like because I've never oh. really paid too much attention to him. My boy, Tom King. <laughs> First time well, you can have him, Booster. Well, here you have on the uh, on the left you have Tom King, and on the right you have Michael Bendis. Uh, and of course, these two guys are major SJW uh, troublemakers, uh, particularly Bendis, the one on the right. And uh, but it, the interesting thing is, these two guys have decided to come out and give some advice. They're going to give us advice to the comic book world. And uh, that's great, right? We need advice. So let's see that uh, this uh, wonderful advice that they've uh, decided to uh, impart to us. Hold on a second. Here we go. Now, uh, this is coming from Bounding Into Comics. Uh, which is a great site. If you guys haven't checked that out, go uh, please do so. Um, and on this uh, conversation here, uh, see, it says that DC Comics' Brian Michael Bendis offers advice to his fellow comic book creators. That's wonderful. All right. It says here that DC Comics writer uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, who is currently penning a number of comics at DC Comics, including Superman, Action Comics, Scarlet, which he's ruining all of them, by the way, uh, he's actually going to separate Lewis and, uh, and Clark, it seems. Wonderful idea. Uh, gave his fellow comic book creators some much-needed advice in how they tell stories. In an interview on Polygon, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. the fellow DC comic writer Tom King, Ben Isn't King, were discussing King's latest foray into DC Comics with Heroes in Crisis, which we will be talking about in a moment. Tom King says this, and I think this is the real one. I don't want to read the whole article, but this right here. 
My fear is that the story itself should be driven and not the themes. I don't want anyone to come to Heroes in Crisis and say, oh, this feels like great homework. I give it an A. I want people to come to it and be like, holy crap, what just happened? I want to find <laughs> out. I don't want to lecture them. And he goes on and they talk about not use, not inserting politics and stuff. Now, the, the point of this that's, that's funny is all these guys do is insert politics. Everything, they, everything about them is politics. But they're yep. sitting here and suggesting that other creators don't do it. It's complete nonsense. Uh, and uh, I'm just curious what the what the uh, group here has to say. Uh, Luis, do you have any opinions on that matter? No. How it's about you? Nonsense uh, to me. Yeah, go ahead, Doom. Go ahead. It's just they're not, they're saying a lot without really saying anything. Sounds like a politician to me. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you have to read towards the end where he says um, that, you know, I try to make sure that there's no politics, but there's going to be politics in my story. And then I have to think about it and say, yeah, if there's politics, then this is this this is an awesome story that I have to follow through. So in the end, he just it's just a lot of babble saying we don't need politics, but inherently it's going to be political regardless. So it's going to be a good story. Oh well, wipe my hand clean. So, just like a lot of politicians, like did the uh, turnaround and said, "Yeah, we're not going to do it, but we're going to do it, and you're going to like it." Well, it, the word that you're looking for there, Danelli, is hypocrisy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, there you go. And I have <laughs> been told in the chat, so I, I I must respond to this that Pope Fire has some breaking news. I know right now she has a wonderful Starfire phone home, uh, but what is your breaking news, Pope? I have no idea. They yeah. ju they just wanted me to share this picture I got today. <laughs> All right, so that's about it. Well, thanks, guys. Now I, that's Josh, that's Joshua Hughes, and he is our beloved troll, uh, and he's very funny. So thank you very much, Joshua. You got me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A revelation on their part. Maybe it's some introspection that they have taken a little bit of insight. I and you know, you know, this is me. I tend to try to give people the benefit of the doubt and maybe actually treat them like you know human beings. And maybe then they said, you know, maybe we don't necessarily need to do this. And what what really drives a character is exactly what he said. Although then, you know, Donali has a great point. Yeah, no, it's just it's nonsense for them to come out and say things like that when all they do is yell and scream at anyone who doesn't buy their stuff and doesn't like their opinion and calling us all those, you know, nasty words. And then they come out and dare to say, don't put politics in your stories. I mean, yeah. oh, it's I like think, that's a slap in the yeah. face. That's what you need a slap in the face. for that, <laughs> Right. I think this is like the closer they're ever acknowledging that we might have some valid criticism. You know, even though they don't believe it, I think this is like the closest thing. But I don't believe they fully understand it and fully believe it, and they're going to move ahead of it. But it's an acknowledgement, and it's a small testament of what we're doing because it is affecting them that two prominent writers, you know, regardless of how you feel about them and their writing style and their stories, are saying this after a year and a half of what's been going on. You guys are really nice. I, I, I don't give them that much credit, man. 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the next subject here. Uh, and this, unfortunately, is a uh, is a sad one. Hmm. Uh, we had oh. uh, Norm Brave Vogel passes away at 58 years old. Now, uh, I don't know how, how many and how many of you know him offhand, uh, but he's a great artist. Uh, did a lot of Batman stuff. He has a very distinctive style. Uh, it's is sad news. He's only 58. Very young. Uh, it's a it's unfortunate to lose a great artist out of the community. Uh, does anyone here that knows Mr. Brave Vogel's work would like to make a comment on this? I don't remember the name, but I remember seeing his work, like on specifically on Shadow of the Bat. You know, very eye-catching stuff, really good work. That's yeah. about all I know. I may have a few Robin issues. Did he do Robin? I'm not sure offhand. I know mainly his uh, Batman stuff he, he had done, and uh, I do like his style. It's very interesting, very animated uh, type of look. Yeah, he did Robin. He's actually the one who redesigned the Robin costume in the early 90s. So oh, that okay. I- iconic Robin costume that, that was all prevalent in the 90s, that was his his work. Oh, nice. Oh, I see. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any opinions on uh, Mr. Brayfogle, uh, Mr. Thundaro? Nope, not really. It's a shame. Sadly, it's a shame, man. What, what, what did he pass from again? Uh, I I don't know offhand what he he had passed away from. Uh, I just saw the news and I thought it deserved to be here. Is all because I have seen his work before and liked it. And I, it's just his age, so young, you know. I mean, if he was 70-something dying, then it would simply be, you know, hey, great life of work. But it's just too young. It's just too young. But, you know, it's um, that's life. Uh, that's what it does sometimes. So uh, let's move on to the next subject. And the next subject is a much bigger one. Um, and that, of course, is Heroes in Crisis, which connects to the Bendis conversation we were just having a minute ago. Uh, any of you guys read this? I did. Yes. <laughs> and it's and it's kind of funny that we're talking about crisis in the comic books, crisis about the stories, and now they're this book happens to be in Christ, heroes in crisis where they're killing off many heroes. So it's kind of a convergence of many things that's happening in real life in comics. That's I found it a little bit interesting, but I know there's other themes that we're going to maybe dive a little bit into as well. We will be. Anyone else have, uh, anyone else read this? <laughs> I only saw reviews. I haven't read it. Go ahead, Booster. Uh, well, uh, when do we get to spoilers, 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 spoilers? I'm just going to uh, keep okay. saying spoilers <clears throat> until I can say something. Five, yeah. four, three, two, one. Spoilers. Why the hell did they kill off Wally just like a year after they bring back the guy? It's so annoying. Yeah, no. boy, Booster Goals is a prime suspect of killing all of these guys. Oh, my God. Yo, what did Booster Gold do? What did you make him do, Tom King? Tom King does not know how to write Booster Gold. It feels like they should just let Dan Jurgens or someone else just write him, man. Oh, my God. Other than that, I actually <laughs> thought it was quite a good read. Yeah, I know. It's, it's quite amazing, right? Because Wally <laughs> West was... was uh, was the big part of the whole rebirth, right? He was like the key center of it. They went through this whole long thing, brought him back. He's the center of everything, and then, boom, he's dead. And they, and you know, it's worse than that. Than Booster is telling you uh, once again, spoilers. Not only is Wally dead, they killed him off panel. 
oh. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, they killed off all these characters off panel without uh, context. Hot spots. They just showed off so, um, a couple more. all of a sudden. Yeah, real pain. <laughs> I think Pope is ready to burst out the scene with what she wants to say. Wait, okay. They killed off like four times, right? They, they killed off Hotspot, Lagoon Boy, Arsenal, Wally West. Like, and, and you know, I have read every single Titans book that I can get my hand hands on. I liked Hotspot. He is one of my top ten favorite Titans. They they just like interviewed the one person. I was reading this book. He was going. They killed off Hotspot, and I was like, who? And I mean. Facebook post. I was that mad. They, they didn't even introduce the guy, and he was introduced in this book just for them to kill it. Like, and then to kill Arsenal and Wally and Wally West. Like, that's two founding titans, and you just kill them off screen. Like, so disrespectful. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right, Pope. And you know, and I'm going to get into a connection to this later, but uh, let's get some other responses to uh, the off-panel killing of Wally West, who was supposed to be the center of this whole rebirth thing. You got any opinions on this, Mr. DeWolf? I wasn't quite done when you asked, but it kind of went along with what what uh, Pope was saying. So that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Help her out. I, I'm sure the speed force will just, uh, he'll magically speed force him back into time somehow. Because, you know, speed force is extremely um, un unpredictable and they use it as like a yeah. plot device half the time. No, but they're going to the pull do some time travel nonsense. Yeah, they're going to yeah, pull that, that, twinning, that twinning thing from, from <laughs> Flash TV show, you know, where he duplicates himself and the clones always dies. Yeah, but there's a problem to that booster because as far as the um, new information they've given in the in the DC, that these Speed Force guys can no longer time travel. They took that away. Oh, so well, here's yeah. the thing, though. in the other Rebirth Times books, they've been trying to like they've been they've killed him off like a handful of times. He just hasn't like officially died. Like that's it's been really weird. Like, he keeps being revived. It's, well, how many he, times has Wally died? In Rebirth alone, I think like nine. Jeez. Um, yeah, does he explain how he died at all? Or does he just show up dead? Does he just show up with a uh, Yeah, he just shows up dead. I mean, I have the comic if you want to go grab it. That doesn't even make any sense. It's pretty hard to kill a speedster. Yeah. And I think this goes back to the a bigger I mean, general. I'm going to say it's like or something. How many times has Reverse Flash died? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, right. but that's not the that's not the problem. Killing off comic book characters is a pretty normal thing. Uh, but my point is, you 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 did all of this work, all of this uh, effort to make Wally West the center of this rebirth thing, uh, and then you go and you kill him off. But not only do you kill him, you kill him off panel. I mean, what right. are you thinking? And and worst of all, another spoiler for everyone in there once that's uh, li uh, listening is they're implying that Booster Gold is the one who killed him. Okay, I don't think I don't think like they meant like he killed them like when like actually killed them. I think like he's responsible for their deaths because he was the one that made sanctuary. But I no, don't I think. think yeah, I, I get you. I think they killed them. I'm just trying to upset Booster. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, though. This is issue one, right? But I think they're kind of doing a time skip thing. I think they're showing the end of the result of all of these, and I think issue two will probably start with how we built up to all of this. So we'll probably get more context as we go along with this series. But, Probably. Um, 
they made a lot of poor decisions in the first issue, but I'm I am interested in what's going to happen. That's why it reminds me of. Go ahead, Sorry. go ahead, Louise. Go ahead. Huh? Which one, Louise? <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't say anything. <laughs> who who spoke up? I, I was that uh, Doom or Miss? Yeah. No, it was Mister Thondaro. Go ahead, Mister Thondaro. Um, a lot of the problem is is they. They keep acting like every single thing needs to be this story is only purpose is to lead into the next story. Now, I understand it's like a first issue and everything. That's kind of the point. But when you do something like that, you kill characters off panel. It defeats the whole purpose of a comic book. The whole purpose of a comic book is to see it, to see what happens. So they could have, they should have, if they were going to do this, oh, we'll explain later thing. That's first, that's horrible storytelling. You should never have that in your mind that you'll explain later. Second, um, in a comic book, they should at least show the death. Real quick, you take one panel, bam, that's how he died. Explain it later if it doesn't make much sense in the picture, but you don't have to just do it off panel. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's, think, it's weird. Like, this whole issue felt like a clickbait. Like a, uh, what was it? A three ninety nine clickbait issue. And comic books have had clickbait in them before, but... This one was just, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. They could have at least had like a shadowy figure and then be like, who are you? And then like, you should see their body. But they didn't do right. that. They literally killed everyone off off panel and they introduced characters. I'm just Booster there. Black. Fire and Blue Black are actually going to join the DC Universe pretty soon. Right. Yep. You know, Booster's Platinum. <laughs> this really shows, I think, something that we've been talking about for a while now. For and and as a matter of fact, uh, the comic book ASMR artist uh, in the chat says that it, everyone is talking about the new crisis book. And there you go, because what we've been talking about is how comic books and how these storylines have always been the new crisis. Well, it's the new thing. It's the new storyline. And then it's overreaching. And then and then, of course, we know, well, it's all going to get fixed later. And. And Popefire called it clickbait. Well, yes, it is. It's it's that new sensational story that we want you to get involved with and get 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 bought. And we're going to overhype it. And we don't want an over. We we're done with overhyped stories. We want good character stories. Exactly. And you know, if the rumors are true, because there's this big rumor that in Crisis, Starfire is going to get pregnant. Um, like there's there's they're just doing a whole bunch of just dumb stuff that don't make Who's sense. Who's going to be the daddy? Uh, Nightwing. Oh, okay, well that that makes sense then. I thought there would be or something Twister's more Booster. odd. It's almost or sensible. Booster. Doctor Doom. <laughs> well, okay. Doctor Doom. Oh no. Crossing. Okay, I'm gonna just do a visit. Like, okay, so uh, I don't have a Roy Harper, so we'll just pretend like Beast Boy. Okay, here's Beast Boy. It's his funeral, and then here's Robin and Starfire, or Nightwing and Starfire. Okay, that that's that's like what the rumor has it. And at first, I didn't believe it. And then I looked up the uh, when I read the issue, first issue, it kind of has been lining up with it. So I'm like, okay. Uh, but here's the thing: if they do make Starfire pregnant, she'll have the baby, and then she'll be killed off. I oh, can wonderful! Off. And I do um, I do appreciate you keeping that PG uh, uh, as well, Pope. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, she vented earlier. She got it all out yes, of her system. She got it all out. Uh, I do have to make a comment from the uh, uh, from the chat, though. Uh, Pope Raven says that he is disliking this video because Pixel is in it. So we have Aww. a Pixel enemy That's over here. That's like not nice. Raven. That's nice at all. Oh, I see. It's because Pixel is the one who drew uh, the image of Starfire giving Pope Raven the movie. Uh, I see how it is. The true reason is because I told everybody that lost my art giveaway that it was uh, Pope Raven's fault. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> she, she sabotaged everything. All right. Now, uh, just uh, since we're at this point, uh, I just want to ask real quick, uh, you guys been over here watching the chat. Do we have any questions or comments from the chat we should uh, we should throw up here? A lot of it is the war that's going on. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I just commented that we're a high production value now because uh, our chairman has gone through a costume change already. Yes, he has. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, guys, if you want to send, uh, if you want to send a question directly to us, just at me in the chat, uh, so it lights up, so I can see it a little bit easier. And I'll I'll do my best to catch those in uh, comments. So, but feel free to comment. Uh, now, the uh, kind of little connection to this uh, this whole bit uh, for me, it's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, how many? We have any? Uh, I'm assuming we have uh, Marvel fans here, and it's not all a bunch of DC geeks. Uh, yep. But do you guys remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barely. Yeah. Barely. Uh, well, this was in the 80s, which is when I was really, really into comics. And uh, uh, Marvel Comics did something very similar. They killed off a whole bunch of characters. Matter of fact, let's, uh, let's take a look at a list real quick of the people that they did kill off. Uh, if we look over here, uh, this is a, a let's make sure that this is still showing. Yes, it is good. Um, we see this uh, list, and we have the Enforcer, Miracle Man. I'm talking about the Marvel one, not uh, Mr. Fantastic, Hate Monger, uh, you know, Titana, Basilix, which I love that, uh, that guy. He was cool. Uh, a whole bunch of them you see Death Adder, uh, Red Skull, but uh, Albert Malik one. Uh, let's see the. Uh, uh, Black, Black Abbott, yeah, Hammer and Anvil, which they they were kind of interesting too. Mirage, yep, Cyclone, uh, the Cheetah, a uh, whole bunch of uh, people. Rapier, which he was so so. Fairbrand, Hijack. Now, what they did now, the reason they did that is because they had a whole bunch of these characters you see here that weren't getting a lot of use. They were kind of old, and they just want to clean it up. Uh, so they had a purpose behind what uh, they were doing with Marvel. Uh, you know, cleaning up some of the stuff, and some of these are ones who were involved in the story, but uh, but didn't get killed in the end, like Water Wizard and Diamondback and stuff like that. Hobgoblin. Um, do you think this uh, Heroes in Crisis? Do you think this is a cleanup, or is this just another silly <clears throat> event book that they can't stop putting out? Uh, I think this is Dan Dio doing the rounds. You know. He's like, here's some characters I don't like. He's he's got this murderous rage in him. That that man, he just he's just getting out of his system. I reckon. Well, you know that's interesting. You say that because we uh, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Dan Didio actually really does not like Wally West. I mean, he's very much against the character. I don't know why. So there might be some truth to that, actually, Booster. Like he really does not like legacy characters. 
He tried to kill off Nightwing before, too. So he's not big on Legacy. Yeah, and these kind of cleanup events are very common, right? You know, we had the, uh, was it Countdown? Uh, Countdown, the yep. Final Crisis, which was very infamous for killing off a lot of characters off screen. Then we had Marvel's Ultimatum, which was a very, very ugly read as well, which killed off a lot of characters in the Ultimate Marvel Universe. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And of course, you know, the thing that's surprising me, if, if this is a cleanup, or, the, or, or it could be something else, but if it is a cleanup, isn't it kind of soon after Rebirth? It yes. is, I mean. It is too yeah. soon since we just it got back. Yeah, Rebirth, it was supposed to be coming back to the oh, we get that the way that we reimagine this character wasn't jiving with what you wanted them. So we rebirth them back to what they were originally. And that That's what we purpose. call a floundering industry. Yeah. Yeah, well, they are floundering. Yeah, that's and, 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 they, and they say that this whole crisis here in Crisis is supposed to be dealing with uh, heroes in PS, uh, you know, PTSD and mental health. But it's coming more as uh, like the school massacre, you know, and all those gun massacre and those heavy political uh, stuff that's been happening in television as well. So they've been interjecting a lot of that stuff into that. That's what the general vibes that and general whispers and rumors been swirling around that I've been hearing through the community, through Twitter, Reddit. Uh, message board, kind of what people are perceiving of that as well. I don't know what your everybody's thoughts about that is. Well, um, while you guys think about your thoughts on that, I will read a couple of comments from the chat. Sierra Whiskey here, he has a question, and here's his question. Why does Pope Fire not frame her art? Sacrilege. <laughs> That's a good point. Pope Fire does what she wants when she wants <laughs> there you go. There's your answer, uh, Sierra Whiskey. There's your answer. Uh, Josh? Uh, do, you, do you mind if I kind of pick my computer up and show some of the pieces I have? Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll white box you. Go ahead. Okay. I don't know how good quality it would be. Uh, Joshua Hughes has a comment here, but he's just trying to make trouble. How many of you would admit to liking Raven more than Starfire while in front of Popefire? Okay. I like Cyborg better anyway. Nobody's going to admit to that because only like two people actually like Raven. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Who's Raven? Yeah, exactly. I've got a little Raven on my desk, though. Oh, and another one. Okay. Did everybody everybody see everything? Which is kind of funny that the voice actress for Raven in Teen Titans is actually the voice actress of uh, Barbara Gordon in Batman the Anime series. Okay, so uh, actually, very strong audition to play Starfire and then got the role of, role of Raven. Yeah. Well, so very interesting death. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we do have another comment here from the chat, and this is from Chad Middleton, which I met Chad yesterday. Hello, Chad. Nice to see you again. Uh, and yes, I did just ra- raise my hand and wave to you, even though that's weird because we're on a computer. But I am a boomer. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but it says here, all those characters will come back as diversity. Mm, boy, Ooh, that's I can a see scary that scary statement. Well, we already have the uh, diverse Wally. Wally. Yeah, Wally's. Now we'll now we'll have two black Wallies. So the interesting thing is, 
Wallace West was introduced spray painting a wall. Okay. In like a little hoodie and everything. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a, a complete stereotype. He was doing graffiti? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh yeah, that does remind me they did introduce the black Wally West because of the television show. Yeah. So no wonder they're killing the no, no, white. No, um, you, you know, you know what's reminding me of? It reminded me of. Uh, remember that old TV show in Adult Swim, which was called Sea uh, Lab Twenty Twenty One, where they had where they had the two Debbies and they decided to call one the Black Debbie and the other one the regular Debbie. That's what I feel like it right now. It's all a big joke. Oh yeah. Well. Um. Before we move on, does anyone have any more comments about this hero and crisis thing? I'm just not convinced that especially characters like Wally are going to stay dead within the series because like everyone has stated, he's so integral to like the button story and the, the whole rebirth thing. I just, as someone who's sort of new to DC, you know, going into that fresh, I just see that and I'm like, oh, he's just going to come back later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I just would like to say someone really needs to give Tom King a bloody hug. He is clearly <laughs> depressed. It shows yeah, in his it shows in his work. <laughs> it shows in Sanctuary, which is all about depression. These Batman issues, which Batman's bloody depressed. Uh his Swamp Thing Winter Special and Mr. Miracle. Give the man a bloody hug. Yeah, that Mr. Miracle is a touchy one though, man, because that thing started out brilliant and it went real bad real quick. I mean, yeah. that's, just, that's such a shame, man. Six. Yeah. It slowly it started going down. I hope uh, issue 12 wraps it up and makes it all better, but it should have been an eight-issue series. It should have uh, gone quicker, man. That was the, um, it had such a one, wrong start. It's ridiculous. The last one, they had Darkseid eating snacks. <laughs> yeah. What? Yes, I guess no, no, it's it's outrageously them. stupid, man. Uh, Mr. Thunder, go ahead, man. Yeah, it's a shame. That was the first comic I had bought in probably almost twenty years. Was that first Mr. Miracle issue? Because I thought it was going to be great, and pff, sure didn't turn out great. No, <laughs> it fell man. apart really fast into a just constant stream of nothingness. Nothing happened over and over and over and over and over. It's horrible. Yeah, no, it's and it got so stupid. The last one uh, they just came up. Not only had that, but it had all the uh, I don't know what you guys call them these days. When I was young, we used to call them Valley Girls. Had all that Valley Girl speak going on between oh. these, you know, gods. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. it's insanity the way they were talking. You know, a bunch of little fourteen year old girls. These these characters are centuries old, right? Ah, mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, moving on. Uh, now, this story is uh, its just a continued run of tragedy. Uh, this is Jeremy uh, over at the Quartering. And uh, Jeremy is, uh had some rough times lately. <laughs> um, he got kicked out of uh, being able to do Magic the Gathering some years back because he was talking to other magic players and saying, Hey man, don't waste your money on these, uh, what they call these Twitch thoughts. Uh, these are girls who 
basically kind of get near naked on uh, on uh, Twitch and make money off of it. And he was just trying to help the guys. Hey, man, don't waste your money on that. And because he did that, that was a hate crime against women. And they kicked them out of Magic the Gathering tournaments for life. Right. Then Jeremy, well, he moved on and uh, he was at uh, Gen Con here uh, when it was uh, uh, up a few weeks back. And uh, he got attacked by an actual vendor and SJW at the at the con. Uh, police proceedings are ongoing with that, by the way, uh, mm. and which is bad enough. I mean, we all saw that happen. But now, now, Gen Con has sent him a letter, and they have kicked him out. He can no longer come back to Gen Con at all. So he, he goes to Gen Con, he gets attacked, and then he gets summarily removed from ever going to Gen Con again. I mean, this guy's got bad luck, but it also deals with the just nonsense that's going on around us and, and why this community exists, I think. Anyone want to make a comment on this? Uh, the, the rich part of why he was banned, because he violated their terms of service, which is targeted online harassment for reporting that he got hit and yeah. attacked near in that absolutely ridiculous ridiculous. that's the reason why he got banned so they're making the victim um punishing the victim as well because he brought negative press towards them can you imagine though if that would have happened to an sjw oh yeah it would have made national news Mm. it never Mm. happens to them they always pretend it happens to them and act Mm. like it's the biggest worst thing ever oh they're the ones throwing punches every time well, they get upset when a new Twitter account like says, "Oh, you're a terrible person." Yeah. <laughs> and to them, to them, it's perfectly fine to punch people as long as you label them a Nazi. But then, yeah. if somebody even tells you, "I don't agree with you, Nazi," you're harassing me. You're threatening me. It's like, what? Yeah. They they pearl clutch over over being called the most mundane and milk toast insults in the world. Like uh, call somebody a Nazi. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, word, like, mean, I mean, means very little now, and it's kind of sad because that should be something that should mean something extremely evil. But they took this word that means something that's really evil, and they're just like, well, "I'm going to call everybody it now." So now, when you hear that somebody is a Nazi, you're like, well, "Are they really a Nazi? Like, can you really tell now?" Because everybody's calling everybody a Nazi now. It's insane. Yeah, it has no meaning anymore. But I mean, it's just. um uh, for for me, the point is, is Jeremy has really been taking a lot of hits lately. And uh, if you ever watch his stream, I mean, he's actually not that fiery. He's not that vulgar. He's not that attacking. He seems like a pretty nice guy, to be honest with you. Uh, and he's just taking it on the chin left and right. And, of course, Gen Con here kind of is a little bit outside of the the topic. I mean, this is about comics, and Gen Con is about tabletop board gaming. Uh, but, uh, you know... It just shows you how widespread this is. It's not only touching comics and games and uh, video games and, you know, sports and, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's touching board games and, and, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it's everywhere, everywhere. You have this constant attack going on and, uh, and it's just sad to see, you know, good people being treated this way. And Gen Con is completely out of, out of line here, completely out of line. This guy was attacked well, at your event. You know what they did was they lumped him together with the attacker. And it, like you said, it wasn't over just that incident. It 
they lumped it together with everything else that was going on with the the internet and and the, the back and forth i believe you said the publicity of it and that's where you see them trying to you know control the situation and so what they don't want to do is have one of the members there and not the other one and you know i could i could there's a very small part when you talk about business decisions in which that may be you know a good idea the only problem is it's something you have to watch in the long term to see do they let the the other guy back in and not jeremy and yeah. we just had a conversation last week about our comic convention safe. And it's not yes. just the fact that, that they may be safe because there are people that are violent and they're usually the anti people. Uh, we are not anti people. We are unity people. Um, we're, we're creating the revival and the, the, these, these anti people, they're the ones that are coming up with all the internet attacks, the physical attacks, uh, the the death threats, the things that are happening at conventions, you know, and so when when we see that happening, and then the conventions themselves are also now being being swayed and targeting individuals and making decisions based upon that, it gets to be even a, a higher issue that needs to be addressed, uh, you know, by the community at large, and that's just another good reason why why we're here pointing these things out at, at the hypocrisy and the injustice. And not even that, but you have to also remember that these cons are helmed by those far lefting uh, people um, like Dragon Con. I don't go for Dragon Con for two reasons. One, they're very biased. And two, the money at this time is supporting a known pedophile um, who's fighting those charges using the money because he's the founder of Dragon Con. So why would I spend money helping a pedophile try to evade justice? Kind of like that. Um, wow. But but to tie it also in is remember that little comic book called Always Punch a Nazi? You know, <laughs> Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Not Indiegogo. Kickstarter. Because we oh, know Kickstarter. 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 Yeah. yeah, which is one of the other reasons why a lot of our uh, – Comic Skate um, people who are affiliated or friendly to Comic Skate goes on Indiegogo because um, you had several false pages started up when Ethan did it yeah. uh, with Cyberfrog. Somebody posted uh, like a day afterwards a false um, Kickstarter and got a couple sucker to give them 48, 50 bucks pledge. Um. Fortunately, it's Kickstarter and it's flex, it's uh, all or nothing gold, but it was still, you know, berserk. And it happened a couple other times for other creators as well. So that's the main issue with uh, Kickstarter that they're, you know, they have bias on their platform, you know, which is, you know, right as, a, as their uh, operation. But if we're recognizing it, we have to move on and be more consumer savvy and consumer aware of, you know, what these platforms that we are utilizing are actually promoting, you know, are they in tune with our values that we want them to, you know, present on or right, be yeah. part of it as yeah. well. Well, you know, this subject we could, we could take a long time on, but we do, we are pressed on time. So we do have to move on. But uh, the last thing I would say about it is this, just giving you an understanding of what's going on, right? This Gen Con, they invited Anita Sarkeesian. Now, I don't know if you know who all of you know who she is, but 
This is the uh, Gamergate lady. She's the one that doesn't play video games, but came out yelling and screeching about feminism and, and, and misogyny and all that kind of stuff. And she's the one that blew it up. And uh, But here's the thing. Anita Sarkeesian doesn't know anything about board games. She's not a board gamer. She has nothing to do with board games or tabletop gaming at all. So why did Gen Con invite her to a tabletop gaming convention? Right? This that. is how deep it is. Right? Mm. It's on. It's nonsense. But we got, like I said, we got to move on. Uh, this next one is real quick. I uh, just want to mention that uh, uh, here that IDW is coming out with Rocketeer, but the Reborn, as you see here in the picture. But yeah. of course, the interesting fact about it is this guy you see standing here. That is not the Rocketeer. The girl is, because now the Rocketeer <laughs> is a female. That art is well, horrible. Of, of is. course, she has colored hair. Oh, uh, Tumblr. Of course, she does. Is that she a Tumblr? lesbian too? <laughs> oh, I'd imagine. I'd imagine. Yes, yes. What, yeah. Those don't exist. Come on. What are you I believe that's IDW Rocketeer yes. coming to you in a couple of months. But yeah, so they decided to bring Rocketeer back, uh, 1930s pulpy action with 2018 modern sensibility. So you know yeah, what that's no, going to do. There's no sensibility here. Yeah. I think point Danelli. Uh, of course <laughs> it does bring up the point that this isn't the first time they try to do this uh, as you're seeing here uh, Rocketeer is female in Disney animated TV show just a couple of years ago Disney announced they will be doing an animated show which I don't know what it'll come but it's coming and it is going to have a female Rocketeer now of course these are mock-ups and if Disney actually made Rocketeer look like this I'd probably be pretty happy about it yeah no way especially yeah, when they when they killed <laughs> not killed, but booted Frank Cho for just showing a bit of skin. Oh my. Of Fanny. So showing <laughs> that the much, they, they would have been... Molly, get out of the way. Go back to the uh, butt. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway. Booster's just living up to his name. Being the I, I just wanted to cover it. Uh, but uh, we yeah, need to move it. to our next segment. Uh, and uh, to do that, we'll do our last bit of story today, which is a uh, good good news actually. Uh, and uh, here, guys, we have uh, the Stardust mm -hmm. and Iron Sights are starting to be delivered. So great news! Now, yeah. uh, <clears throat> have any of you uh, in here or in the chat have you received your Stardust or your Iron Sight yet? Not yet. I received the Stardust. Richard forgot to buy more labels and had overnight shipping, but it's going to be a little bit delayed. But he's sending them off, you know. More, well, I but I, we're going we're gonna to see a lot of little hiccups. These guys are new at that. It's okay. Yeah, but otherwise, I did receive the um, art print and the books with the bookmark and trading card that came with it. Oh, sweet! Uh, anybody else uh, receive any of these things? Thundaro, Doom, Luis, Booster, Pixel. I'm afraid I didn't fund either of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me okay. too. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, yeah, well, I funded Stardust. I'm, but I'm, I I'm an, an awful comic skater. I know. I oh, Josh, Joshua Hughes just wants to let us know that Nasser is an official member of the Cult of Raven, if you didn't know that already. Well, I didn't know that, but I don't know that I, I really uh... care. I think yes, Joshua okay. is a bit of a liar. Uh, so it's, it's I'm, I'm so glad that the cult of Raven has a robot. 
That just makes me feel very confident oh. and safe. Well, well, I'm glad to hear the Cult of Raven has two members. <laughs> oh, it's not a real person. <laughs> Robot. Oh, now it'll fight for it now. All right, Joshua, you can lay into him. Go ahead, man. I'll let you. Uh, all right. Well, Denali seems the only one who's got one yet. I, I, ba- I back Iron Size, and it back Stardust. Uh, so <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> yeah, burn. Yes, Sierra Whiskey yeah. says. But uh, Denali has got Iron uh, uh, Stardust. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it, dude? Yeah. So it's a. Uh, it has three stories. The main story is about Stardust, and then there's two smaller anthology stories in the book um which one is about um a vampire and the other one is about you know a monster attacking the spacemans and they're trying to signal back home not to come um the other one is just like a couple two three pages you know vampire thing and you know whether to live or whether to die as a vampire um so there's two stories i didn't know that Three story. Yeah, so it's three stories. So the first one, yeah, so the first one is the main story that deals with an alien and their their crew crash landing on Earth. And the and Nasser already spoiled this part, but he they kill the most of the crews except for this lone one that you see in the image right there. And then he in turns uh, commits, you know, onto them what they've done to his crew and then you kind of follow him what his morality is so by the time you read finish reading the first story you want to reread it and kind of rethink of what you know what you just read so so well, it's a this yeah. really comes Danelli. this really comes to the of course we're getting questions from the chat and i have it myself mm-hmm. the real question Danelli, is how is the writing man how's the writing it, it's pretty solid i i I liked it, you know, for the first outing, you know, um, for seeing it, it was, it wasn't really, it didn't strike me as hard, um, enough for me, but for the story that he was posing, it kind of was more, uh, more thought provoking maybe because I read so many horror books that it kind of doesn't phase me anymore, mm-hmm. but it, it did give, give me a moment to think about it. So I read it and reread it. And for what it was, it was a solid piece of uh, writing work as well. well that's cool. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is cool. Well, James S. is saying something. He's keeping. He keeps hearing that people have to reread Stardust, but that's a good thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. usually. Yeah. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, uh, but any of you who have backed these, they are on the way out, and I, I'm waiting for my iron sights over here in Japan. Let's see how many months it takes. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, so that begs a question, I think. And mm-hmm. William Reed actually had a, a a comment in which he says he's getting picky at what he is backing. And mm-hmm. so, is there anything now that have you has any anyone else here has backed? Say in the just in the last few days. Yeah, well, that's a good transition. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. You're so, welcome. Yeah, so like something real. I decided not to back it because the PDF came, the first issue of that PDF came to with Stardust um, campaigns so we could review it and, and see what it was. The story, as I read it, you know, the art was okay, but the story didn't really catch me for, for, for my opinion. Um, 
somebody else might enjoy maybe the first two, you know, they're giving issue one and two. Um, and it might be that you need both of those issues to get the full context of the story. But me reading it and all that, I was like, mm, it, it didn't really catch my interest. So, yeah, well, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that that is a good question. There's a lot of good uh, things. And anybody here in the chat that is backing uh, some of the new Indiegogos, just let us know and we'll mention it up here. But <clears throat> what we want to do is go ahead and start talking about the Indiegogos. And uh, we're very lucky today. I think uh, we have uh, uh, our guest here with us is uh, actually has an Indiegogo ongoing. Uh, so let me go ahead and get that uh, set up and. Uh, where did I put that? I put it over here. Okay. All right. So, uh, Luis. Oh, yes, Chester. Now, uh, as you guys see, uh, we're up here on... Um, let me make sure I white box myself. Uh, we're up here on the um, Indicron page. And uh, Something Real has got itself about a day left. It's the, the one that's going on. Of course, Pixel Trader has created this. Thank you very much, Pixel. Uh, it's a great website. Now, uh, your uh, Indiegogo is called what? Oh, it's Damnation of the West. It's uh, the second last one on the list there. Okay. All right. So, ooh, look at that. It jumps us right over. Oh, yeah. So go ahead and uh, tell, us, uh, tell us about your uh, book and tell us what's going on, man. Well, there's the um, summary of this particular issue. It's about um, two detectives trying to survive the night when uh, a mysterious epidemic starts to occur in uh, my own version of New York called Quasar Island. On 61 pages, so a lot to unpack in one issue. Wow. It's, yeah, it says 58 sequential pages. That's uh, excellent. Do you have the, a stretch goal that's going to increase that number? I do, yes. I have my notes here, but I'll have to open it. Um, now, are you writing this, drawing this, or doing both? I'm doing all of it. Sweet. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and that and oh. that includes him inking and coloring. So when he sets all of it, he mm -hmm. needs all, of, all it. of it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it it's, actually uh, looks really good, man. It's very time-consuming, but yeah. Well, it's creative process, right? So mm -hmm. tell us, uh, tell us more about it. How did you uh, get into art? How did you decide to make a comic? What motivated you? You know, give us some information about yourself and uh, and what led you to this comic book. Uh, well, um, I've been drawing my whole life as 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 back as I can remember. So, um, so I've always been pretty artistic with drawing characters when I was growing up. So, uh, then I started drawing this, this character called. Um, well, I guess I think it's kind of a spoiler for the story, but well, the main character came first before I made the notes for the comic. So, I had started doing, you know, just drawings of the characters. Then I started writing scripts. Then I started, started drafting trips. Then, then I kept on going from there. That was like five years ago. Then, then I started drawing the first issue. Then here we are. It's pretty much nearly done, and I'm really proud of what I've done so far. Ah, cool, man. Well, it must be a daunting in Denver. Uh, let's get some uh, questions for you, <clears throat> Mr. Tondara. You got a question for Luis here? Um, unfortunately, at the moment, I do not. <laughs> they got all one right, that's, that's fine. I'll, have one, I'll have one in a second. I was just distracted with something. That's all right. Uh, uh, how about you, Pix? We got uh, any questions? Ooh, that's uh, not safe for work. Oh yeah, I should mention that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a close. That was a close one. <laughs> and this, 
This yeah. is why Indicron is getting a rating system. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Just because just yeah, you... <laughs> no, but seriously, though, uh, the, but, the one thing I wanted to mention was just that uh, I, I think the book looks really cool. I, I'm, I'm actually happy that we're getting more horror titles kind of mixed in with the books. There is only a handful of books that are doing that right now. Uh, there, there are a few genres that haven't really been tapped very well. And, uh, you know, that I'd like to see more of that happen anyway. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole discussion about the, uh, the rating system stuff, I think, is something to, to talk about later. But um, it, there's definitely um, there's definitely a place for that. I think a lot of people are looking for alternative books to do this. And so I'm, I'm really happy to have them on our list and, and being part of Comicsgate. So, uh, so thank you for yeah, yeah, me too. Lots of uh, variety. So I think that so, needs out in any thing. Yeah, so Pixel Trip, does that mean that Bran will be um, given the horror sign for that <laughs> evil Santa with that Ask Me That Feminist <laughs> agenda? <laughs> that's pure horror right there. That's, that, funny, that's pretty scary for sure. So, you know, I asked him about like what he wanted to be classified as, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't even remember. What do we have him listed at right now? Um, <laughs> No, superhero horror. Yeah. So I think. Oh no! Wait, wait, no. That's uh, graveyard shift. What about brand? Brand is just listed as horror right now. Mm. Um, cool. But so the the rating system though is going to be voluntary. People don't have to take part in it, but it, it'll allow them to rate their books if they want to. No, that sounds great. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Pope? You got uh, any questions for Luis here? He's uh, got his uh, first Indiegogo. I'm assuming, Luis. Oh, uh, his first one. Very first book. Any questions for him, Pope? Well, my only question is, how excited are you? Uh, I didn't really take my uh, step back to think, but um, I'm just busy just trying to finish the book. I'm actually pretty excited to get people reading it. Yeah, now that you mention it. I understand. (laughs) And how far along the book are you? I see that you posted 16 pages, so are you like halfway done? Are you still, or maybe still within the first third of it, still working on it? Well, I'd work on the last page that I have to work on, but my Mars is dead. I'm only one page to, to get done, pretty much. Oh, yeah, that's okay. It. Mm-hmm. Oh, Who's excellent. your artist? Oh, um, it's me. Oh, you are the artist. Yeah, he's What's everything. Oh, yeah. For this. Huh? What's your inspiration? Oh, as in the art or um, the art, story? theme, story, any of it. Uh, this is actually the first uh, version of the art I tried. Um, I just did my own thing. I, I didn't really look at any artists in terms of inspiration, but mm-hmm. in terms of the story, I pretty much just uh, followed. I had some movies in mind when when I was writing the first couple of crafts. Have you ever seen Thunderworm? It's like a sci-fi horror. From yeah, I like that movie. That's a good movie. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Really, yeah, it's really good. But mine is the sci-fi, of course. Then uh, End of Days of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I kind of like it because of the whole aspect of the devil chasing a cop throughout the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be- and uh, Children of Men, it's just I really like the whole tone of that movie. So, yeah, that's yeah. my motto. Oh, cool, man. How about you, Doom? You got a question for Louise? Yeah, were you featured on EVS's uh, Brutally Honest portfolio reviews? Oh, yeah, that's the uh, two panels from that on um, the first image. Yeah, that was the first one to be featured. Yeah, it looks really familiar. Oh, awesome! I love it. I had to had to edit the art. He um, recommended me to change, so I just I changed some of the panels. Cool. 
Oh, excellent, that's excellent, man. Uh, yeah, because uh, I love those Ethan uh, portfolio reviews. That's really cool. So mm. did you find his uh, suggestions helpful? Yeah, very. They really um, helped me get a new eye in it. So it's really helpful. Oh, that's amazing. That's cool. I love that. Yeah, so do I, man. That it, it's just something really cool about that, that that has that connection. Uh, how about you, mm -hmm. Mr. DeWolf? You got any questions here for Luis? Uh, questions and comments? Sure. Um, first off, great, great paneling. I, I personally like the, um, the way that the panels come together and, and oh. create a, like a, a kind of a stark. Does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, um, it does. Yeah. Okay. I, and I don't know what the, what, what word I'm looking for after that, but this, this stark feeling, um, in the, in the beginning <laughs> with the straight lines and all. Um, yeah, eerie and simple, I guess. Simple in, in, in your face, you, you know, you, you know, something is, uh, it's blatant, it's straightforward. And then later on the panels become kind of crooked and a little bit, uh, you know, mashed together. And that's a, that's a, that's a great effect. And so, uh, just as a fan, once again, I, I like to, I like to give the, as a fan comments and that's what I see there. And, and I noticed, did, did I miss this question being asked yet? Is that it says issue one. How many issues do you have planned? Mm, well, I was planning to do it for years, but um, right now I have about 40 scripts written, but that's wow. that's not really half of the whole series. But yeah, it's meant to be that's a long, it's a very long story, pretty much. Right, right. Okay. That's great, yeah, though, that, man. That is in depth because it looks like that there's a lot to to get, get into. to um, invest, you know, invest time and energy getting to know these characters and to get to know these characters. There's a, there's some intense things here. You know, some, some people, as they go in to look at, at finding a, a comic here at Indiegogo, they, they would look, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, blunt with you. They would look at some of this and I'm so glad you put in uh, the, the one here with the, the, the faces open and there's a, there's bloody, what, what are we four or five down here? I think you know which one I'm talking about. Um, because yeah, that's awesome it, stuff, by the way, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's amazing horror yeah. right there. If oh, I you. would have backed, if I would have backed your comic, and then I would have opened it up. This is personally for me. This is a little bit going too far to to put on my shelf. And so I appreciate the fact that you actually put this here. I think it's I think it's great art. I think it, I think it, it really captures, you know, what you want to do, <laughs> uh, even though I may not be able to back it. You know, there's a lot of people that, that will. But I appreciate the fact that if any other creator has something like this, you know, be sure to warn us. Like they're saying, the rating system, you know. Well, I and, did put a uh, and I think this actually goes above beyond. Yeah, this even goes above and beyond that because I might even I might even look at everything else, saying, you know, well, I can handle that. I can handle that. But having Having something there um, is, is just is just really good at that. Yeah, it is. And he does have a suggested for mature readers right here. So that is cool. One thing I want to mention uh, why I stopped on the page here is PDF. And I would like to make a suggestions to all the Indiegogo creators in the community. Please make a, a PDF of your work available. Please do oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, don't, uh, you know, it's not hard for you to do, especially the way printing goes these days. Just throw a PDF in, guys. All right, and if you're going to do that, I would recommend releasing that 
putting that if you're shipping out physical copies, ship the physical copies first and then put the PDF out through email or whatever, however you're going to distribute it. Sure. That way there's just in case anybody decides to do some tomfoolery, at least they'll have their physical copies without being spoiled. Good deal. That's true. Yeah. 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 Good idea. Yeah. That's, I think that's one of the main reason why the creators don't like PDF so much because they'll put it up in those, those uh, data banks and all that stuff. It'll make it very easy to pirate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it, it, I get that having it delayed is a good idea, but it is certainly something that uh, so, would be very helpful to us. In, in my opinion, though, too, I, I think it's a little bit different than if you are like Marvel or DC and you're you're getting your PDFs pirated. Uh, the books have already been paid for; they're they're already out. They're getting going to be shipped and everything anyway. I, I don't really see what the the damage is to have a PDF of your your work and, and even. Even some of these tiers where they do have a PDF, not all of them actually provide the PDF to the with physical copy, which I thought was kind of strange. Well, I think the uh-huh. issue that comes yeah. about it is because um, some of the creators are looking forward to moving a less stellar version, a le- lower quality sure. version, into the stores, into the newsstands and stuff like that. Oh, uh, right. That, that they don't want the story to be ruined for those potential new ones. I think the story is going to be ruined anyway, regardless. As soon as somebody gets a physical copy, somebody's going to do a read through and show it anyway. I I think that it's probably better for them to get that out there and and try to get it in front of people. But uh, yeah, I mean, there there is a possibility that they'll wind up doing it in the next version. I know a lot of them, I think we're talking about having PDFs available of the first book when they do the second book. Um, And I'm not sure if that's going to be the case yet or not, but it's definitely something we we really need to kind of uh, make people more aware of and we'll really kind of hammer the creators with. Yeah. If, if I have a PDF of it, I can, and, and it's on my iPad or my, my tablet or my device. Mm-hmm. I, I may not be carrying around that graphic novel. I don't want to carry around that graphic novel everywhere, but if I have the PDF, I can tell somebody else, Hey, have you heard about Asgard? You know, and, and these yeah. these new comics that are out here. Yeah, well, this is the first one. You know, you missed it. I'm sorry, but but hey, check this out. And now now read this page and check out this artwork. And boom, you got instant marketing. You got word of mouth, and it is it is the greatest way to get uh, new products uh, out there in people's uh, minds. Yeah, and it's yeah. also a great way to keep the book pristine too. Because if you don't want to crack the spine or something, you just want to read the digital to keep it in perfect condition. If you're that type of collector, then you've you got that ability to do that. Yeah, one of those guys. <laughs> All right. Well, let me uh, let me read a uh, let me read a comment from the chat here from uh, Dennis uh, Peruch. Uh, he says, uh, "Why the lack of love for Luis? Is the GBR price scaring people away? I don't know. Uh, I think Wait, it's. He... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. What? I'm oh, sorry. He's a bucker, Dennis. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean the uh, the pound might have some effect on people i think it's just new and it's not getting enough uh press and push uh which is one of the reasons we have them on today uh here on fanspeak uh, we want to support all the things that are going in the community but one way that we might be able to help is uh, talking about the stuff that is uh smaller and not well known and i think this book looks really good i think he's uh, got an interesting story there's a lot of hard work here so we want to push it so you know, guys, go check it out. Uh, on in, uh, you go to Indiecron and you can find it there. Just go to Indiegogo and find "Damned Nation of the West" issue number one from Luis. And uh, I'm assuming you pronounce your name uh, Gnomes. 
or Gomes? Uh, Gomez. Gomez? <laughs> oh, really? That's an interesting way to spell it. Okay. Uh, but please do that, guys. Uh, also, uh, uh, don't forget to... Uh, Go ahead and hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Help us out and share this on a community because we do have a special guest coming up here in the last segment. But but to uh, before that uh, happens, uh, let's go ahead and uh, look at some more Indiegogos. Uh, so uh, let's mm. see. Let's say uh, Mr. Thundaro. Mm -hmm. uh, as you see here, we have the uh, Indicron page. Why don't you pick one of these for us to take a look at? One of these smaller ones down here. Hang on, I gotta make you full screen. I can't see it. <laughs> um, and while you're looking see. at that, um, Pofire in there? Yeah, Pofire has. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pofire has something to say. I'm sorry about that. Go, go ahead, yeah. Pofire. Okay, so we're doing, and I'm gonna do a quick screen, blah, 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 <clears throat> screen share. Uh, we are doing a fundraiser. Um, to help people in the community that normally that struggle and cannot uh, afford um, a lot of the comics that are coming out right now. Um, <clears throat> we st I started this because uh, when I modded for the Lone Star group, I had a lot of people tell me that they couldn't afford Lone Star. I think I bought in total four copies of Lone Star for different people. And I had two or three pe people come up to me and say, uh, I'd like to help you with this. I'd, I'd like to like help you with it. I want to help people as well. And the one thing I do admire about Comicsgate um, is we want we we admire superheroes. We we have a good honor system. We have a good. We want to help people. You know. Uh, so I went and uh, I've been sort of setting this up for a while. I've been thinking on doing it for a while, but. Uh, We've decided, and we're going to launch the donations uh, on October 1st, but for right now, uh, we do have a form. If you want to, like, if you do need help with stuff, we do have a form that you can fill out and su submit now. But, um, yeah, uh, Eric, with the crazy last name that I cannot pronounce, has offered to help. Uh, Nino Towski. Yeah, I, I, I will be here Eric forever. Wazowski. <laughs> Uh, we're just going to call him Eric, and then we'll, I'll just put a link to his shop so everybody knows that it is him. But, uh, you know, for right now, we will be, um, we will be taking the forms. Uh, the donations will start on first. Um, I have gone and bought a handful of things for a raffle. Uh, we will do the raffle to sort of um, help people you know, get interested in wanting to donate. Uh, for starters, the, the first thing that I'm going to announce for the raffle, which I've already announced on the page, was um, volume one of Moon Knight, uh, volume four of New Teen Titans. And then um, today I will be announcing the Pulp Fire picks, which are a few of my favorite comics ever. Um, Teen, the, uh, Teen Titans of Tomorrow, uh, the Kingdom 2, <laughs> Tales of the New Two Titans, Starfire, and then uh, my, this is from my personal collection, uh, The First Appearance of Nightwing. Wow. Um, wow. The First Appearance of Nightwing. Nightwing. If you want 
to enter um, to enter the raffle because we will also be getting uh, we've also got a whole bunch of other donations which I will be announcing tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to announce all the artists that have offered prints. Uh, we and then on Sunday I will announce the big raffle price, which is very. It was actually donated to me, and it is. I think you guys will really be interested in it. But um, <clears throat> we want to help the community. We want to give people an option. You know. Uh oh, and the raffle tickets are are one for three or two for five. So we thought we thought we thought this uh, pretty pretty. Hard through, you know. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> but um, we're super excited for it. We want to get this ready. We want to give people an option, people that can't afford this. And I know from from modding in the groups, and I know from talking to the community that there are people that can't afford it. And I I want to give them an option, and I want to give them a program. And I know I'm not the only one that wants to. Uh, we will do the raffle prizes on the 31st, and we will do them in a live stream. But uh, October thirty yeah. first, right? October thirty yes. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. October thirty first. Sorry. Uh, we plan to have everything ready. Like, uh, we have the form ready. Everything is ready except for the donation, which we're going to launch on the first. So, uh, if you guys are interested, definitely go like the page, and then I'm going to link Eric's uh, shop here so everybody knows that it's a, uh, which Eric we're, we're talking about. Uh, he's a lovely person. He uh, when I when I when I went around asking uh, who I should put in charge of, of the money, I was recommended Aaron by several different people, or Eric by several different people. And I've gotten to talk to him a whole lot, and he's given me a lot of great ideas. He is just such a great guy. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have everything ready. Uh, thank you so much for letting me promote it a little bit. Oh, and the art on there is actually done by Pixel Trader. He let me borrow some of his art until we can get uh, more professional pictures in there. Oh, I see how that it was uncalled for. No love for Pixel, man. Copy strike. Copy strike. Pixel is actually doing the profile picture, so it's, it's just going to be a more. It's going to be a picture dedicated for the for the page. Yeah. When I'm down, wow. Get my no, butt kicked, and now I'm getting this beat up. Major. Well, Pope, I think your idea is a great idea. Make sure you go ahead and put that link to the page up there as well, not just uh, Eric's page. Um, oh, no, I, I was just waiting for people to sort of see Eric's link first before. Oh, All that's right. fine. Um, but, yeah, no, thank you very much. Uh, I think a raffle to uh, raise some money, and uh, Pope's got a bunch of books, and we have some donations coming in as well. Sounds fun. Those Kings okay. are community fun uh, events, and I, I like it. So uh, uh, we'll talk about it uh, when we, uh, every time we can, and uh, – and try to push this through the month of October, uh, for sure. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Thondaro, we got a few minutes left. Uh, let's go ahead and look at one more of these uh, Indie Crown books. Uh, which one do you think we should do, sir? The one I picked. The one I picked, and it's just because I'm a massive George Washington fan. Is General Washington Victory or Death? All now, right. According Let to me this, find it that. says it's a comic book covering battles during the campaign of 1776. Doesn't look like it's going to hit its goal, but that doesn't necessarily mean he can't relaunch it. Um, it actually looks really good. The art's pretty sharp. It's clean. Doesn't look like anything too sloppy. Um, and being a history buff and loving the revolution, the Revolutionary War period, 
I think it'd be pretty cool to uh, actually see this come to fruition. Um, one other thing I wanted to say is I think a big part of the problem why you have so many of these at the bottom of the list is I've never heard of this guy. I don't know why I've never heard of this guy. I've never even heard of this comic till I just noticed it on the list. I think one thing in the community that everybody who cares about smaller creators needs to do is we have to reach out to these creators and get them to reach out to the bigger guys because we got to get them in front of people. Like, I mean, this only has, where'd it go? This only has 35 backers for 900 bucks, which isn't bad. It's not terrible, but it could have so much more because there are tons of veterans and patriots in our movement for American history and just people outside of America who think American history is cool. I think this could be a pretty, it looks like a pretty cool project to me. Um, Things like that need to be rectified. There needs to be more communication from people like this. Um, I don't know if if um, anybody has any contact with this gentleman at all, but it'd be great to be able to talk to him and see if we can boost him a little bit or encourage him not to give up just because he doesn't look like he's going to succeed this time. Well, we are trying to do that here, uh, but uh, you're right. It would be nice to have some of the bigger guys do that. I mean, Ethan and Mike, they do do they do try to do a little, but uh, I think they're mainly dealing with people who they know from the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, but that's one of the reasons why on this channel and uh, everywhere I go, and I, I'm assuming you guys do the same. I'm always pushing this Indicron because Pixels Indicron is a is a place to know what's going on, and the big guys, you know, like Ethan and Mike and uh, Mitch and stuff. Uh, Richard, they need to be pushing Indicron, get people going over there looking at it. Uh, it, it it's it's the centralized place for all the information we need. And uh, yeah, but I mean, the art looks great, man. I mean, look at it. It's uh, yeah. I, I, think, I think they they set their goal a little high. And, yeah. and but unfortunately, you know, you really can't take that back at this point. Uh, they did do a digital copy, which I'm really happy with. But I think they kind of shot a little higher than they they were looking, or thought they. I don't know. I, I don't think they have enough presence yet. I I barely knew about these guys. The only reason I saw these guys, obviously, was because they they came out to Indicron. Uh, but I think uh, Edwin actually either had one of them on or was talking about it. But that's the only time I've ever seen anything. I haven't seen much promotion through any of the other channels. I haven't seen anything on Twitter from any of the. Uh, I, I track a lot of different hashtags. Uh, specifically for uh, Indicron to be able to pick up different campaigns as they come up. I never see these guys mentioned. And it's unfortunate because it's a really good-looking book. I'm not much of a history person, but the art's solid. And I hate to see something like this you know, fall to the wayside because they just didn't have enough push. Yeah. You know, one of the things that... that... I think is that it's the timing is a little bit off and I, and not just, not just, well, okay. <laughs> it is also the fact that there are so many different uh, comics that are coming out right now on, on Indiegogo. Uh-huh. But another thing is the actual timing of, of its release. I would say closer into that, uh, um, you know, well, I, I guess you can't just say, you know, January, February and because of, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's 4th of July. Wait until yeah. the, end of the end of the year. You know, if they're going to re-release it, wait until the next year rolls around and then try to push it for a release in June so that so that uh, they can make 4th of July. And part of that cost, you know, if you didn't see that, it's pretty exciting that they had that the historian on on there. If you read yeah. about the historian and the, the accuracy of the actual real words of 
the individuals that they must be pulling out of diaries and stuff, you know, and that that's going to take a little bit of extra time and money. Mm-hmm. And now I've estimated before that the members of, of comics gate or comics revival is about six to 8,000. Now I, I took that from looking at Indicron and trying to guesstimate how many, you know, backers are the same backers and, and whatnot. And I know it can be anywhere up to close to 10,000, but I think a good, a good, more conservative estimate is six to 8,000. If you take 10% of that, you got 600. And if his book sells at $20, that right there is 12,000. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it is possible. It is doable, but that's, that's, you know, kind of where, where that should be set. You know, a good 10% of us superhero lovers are also going to be patriotic lovers. And I think, I think it's going to be way higher than that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of veterans and stuff within the group just all over the place. I would, it's a very large percentage, um, not even just of creators, just of people in the crowd are veterans, it seems. And I think that's something a lot of vets would be interested in. It's very, obviously, it's patriotic. General George Washington is one of the most famous people to ever live. Um, I think this is a really good idea. I think it's something that could even be bigger than just Comicsgate. It's just a really cool idea, a way of telling some very significant stuff that's happened the history of our country. Um, I would, what I recommend to them is what I would do is I want to give up. I'd keep the digital copy, maybe jump that up a little bit in price and push that more than the printed comic for your first book, get the digital copy out there, get that under you, and then maybe try and get it printed. Um, just because I think that they're, like you said, they're pushed, they're, they're shooting a little high and that's great. I, I hope they succeed at it, but I don't think it's reasonable. Um, but I do think there's definitely a market out there for this stuff. The problem is it's just not in front of anybody. Exactly. Yeah, it does. It does come down to marketing, though, right? I mean, and you guys mentioned oh. that a little bit. You and, know, it's uh, something. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you there. Just something that struck me. This would be something that you would want to have, like targeting like schools, uh, history classes, yeah. things like that. Hmm. I don't. Library. I don't think they've ever considered or libraries even. If if they were to, Church. yeah. I mean, there's there's lots of places that. Uh, this type of historical type of entertainment would would fit perfectly, and I, I just don't think they've they've tapped it yet. Well, I mean, talk to uh, Washington's estate, talk to any of the historical sites that wa- or have his name on it. They yeah. might be interested in helping fund it. You know, there's all museums might be interested in helping fund it to give out Very to true. kids. There's yeah. all kinds of cool ideas that this is a really good idea. In fact, I wish more people would do things like this for the history of every country, not just America. And it's a really good idea. No, I think it is too. And uh, uh, as a segue, um, uh, well, I think what your guys are basically saying is a lot of these Indiegogo guys, they just don't know how to market themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to get out there and talk to the people they need to talk to. They're just, they're not professionals at it, which is fine. Uh, <clears throat> but Gary Shipman has actually put me in contact with his publisher, uh, uh, Mr. Burner. And uh, I have sent, I have sent an email out to him, uh, and like Gary Shipman, uh, someone has come on and saw, hello, Gary, can Hi, you Gary. Please, <laughs> can you please mute your YouTube, Gary, please? I have sent, I have sent an email out to him. Sorry. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Well, uh, I've sent an email out to Mr. Burner, and hopefully he'll be able to respond back. But uh, we want to have him on the show to talk about printing and publishing and to give us in, some insight into uh, you know, 
how how you should do those things and i think it would help out some of these uh indiegogos and uh, uh being more knowledgeable but certainly doing things like contacting the washington estate and libraries and scholastic and things like that to get your name out there this is a good idea for this type of product and uh uh, so we've got to help where we can. And I think having Mr. Burner on would be a good way to do that. But uh, as you see, our guest has arrived. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. Gary Shipman. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am great, sir. And uh, Booster says hello. Well, hello, Booster. Uh, all right. Well, Dennis, Raven, and Bethany. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hello, everybody. Good to see you. All right. Uh, now, the icons, that is. Yes, the icon. <laughs> uh, well, um, uh, thank you very much for coming on today, Gary. Uh, uh, this is our very first uh, uh, pro segment where we're going to invite some pros uh, from various different parts of the comic book world and have them on and have a chat with them and uh, get some insight and such from them. So you're a very first uh, pro guest. And uh, thank you very much for being here today, sir. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank all you. Right. Well, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to, all of us going to have some, uh, you know, simple questions for you. And then after that, we're going to talk about a Indiegogo of your own that will be coming up uh, in a few days. Uh, yeah, in about uh, seven days, actually. Seven days. Excellent. A week out. Well, yeah. um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start, and I'm going to ask the very first question. And this is going to be the same question that I'll ask every pro uh, so that our fan guests can uh, uh, figure out their questions without having to worry about which one I'm going to ask. My question is a very simple one for you, Mr. Shipman. Uh, seeing as you're an artist and a great artist, uh, many of us here have seen your stuff and, and enjoy it. Can you tell us what is your favorite character to draw? Um, well, first of all, thank you. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you um, for uh, liking my artwork. Um, my favorite character to draw. Wow, I'm getting a lot of messages here. Um, uh, that's a hard answer because uh, I kind of can get into pretty much any character that I start drawing. Sometimes I don't even think that uh, I'm necessarily going to enjoy it. And then I start and I'm like, wow, um, this is actually pretty fun. Uh, I just enjoy drawing. So um, pretty much any character. I mean, there are some, some things that I don't want to draw. I just don't have any desire to draw. Uh, certain things that are real dark or, you know, things like that, like evil and things like that. I do understand in comics, though, that uh, you need a contrast. You need to have a hero and he, he's fighting evil. Uh, I really like that aspect of comics, the, the good versus the evil. Um, so, and you have to show the evil so that you have a conflict. So, yeah. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, let's move on and, uh, to our next uh, question for you. And I want to go ahead and uh, uh, have the uh, our new fan guests uh, ask questions first. So let's go ahead to uh, James, uh, otherwise known as Doom. Why don't you go ahead and ask Mr. Shipman a question? Um, the only thing I can think of is, have you drawn Dr. Doom? And if so, where can I find it? I have drawn Dr. Doom. Let me see if I can pull something and do a screen share. Um, yes, I, I love Dr. Doom. I think he's the 
perfect amount of evil <laughs> to, be, uh, to be depicted in comics, um, to only be thwarted by the Fantastic Four or whoever. Uh, but yeah, love Doctor Doom. Um, awesome. I'm looking right now to see if I have a picture that I can share for you. So give me a second. Oh, no, no problem. That is a good question, uh, Doom. Uh, is that the only character you like? Are you, uh, are you Pope Fire-esque, Doom? <laughs> no, I like lots of characters. He's just my favorite. That's cool. Anyone else here like a villain uh, over heroes or prefers a villain over heroes? Mm, me. Depends on the villain and the hero more than anything. I think Darth Vader is the one who gets that most of the time, right? I yeah. think if someone prefers a villain, they should be put on some kind of watch list. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If your villain's not good, then your uh, your hero's kind of pointless. You have There's to have no a story. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, some people prefer the villains, though, right? All right. Yeah, sociopaths. <laughs> I'd say. Oh. I'd say. Well, I would say you got your Venom, your Joker, guys like that who are. Yeah, almost as popular as their their counterpart. So it's true. The Joker yeah. is certainly popular, especially with Mark Hamill doing him on the animated series. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like so iconic. Even Batman looks like a villain. You know, he's all dark and black. Yeah, oh, yeah. he is the Dark Knight. That's true. Mm -hmm. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there's some. There's oh, some... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just had a reaction there. Got a little excited there. Yeah, James, have you ever seen uh, uh, Gary's art before? Of course, yeah, I watch his streams all the time. Yeah, yeah, he, it's pretty amazing stuff, and uh, he does a lot of his packing lens, packing lens stuff, which I don't want to. Uh, I'm sure someone will have that other question. So let's uh, move Ooh, on to our cool. next question. Um, so Luis, uh, all right, why don't you go ahead and ask Mr. Shipman a question? Uh, he's an artist, and uh, uh, like yourself, and uh, go right ahead. Uh, I don't know, I wouldn't, to be honest, but I really like your work on Doom here. It's really, um, love the, the ink splatters. I'm really into that. Oh, cool. Well, thank you. Okay. That's beautiful. That's like, right. uh, okay. Right. No, no problem. So, Booster, you got a question for Gary, man? I, def I definitely have a question. <laughs> I definitely do. So, uh, Gary, you sure saw my work on the uh, fan edition of Drawn and Quartered. I was just wondering if you had any uh, pointers for me to improve my artwork. Um, uh. I, I was going to ask you if you had any pointers that I can improve mm. my artwork. That's oh. what I was waiting for, yes. Because you oh. can. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, man. Well, uh, first, you just got to get rid of all this uh, paper and pen nonsense, all right? It's no good for you. You got to go straight <laughs> to MS Paint and all use right. the shapes. <laughs> huh? I'm you. I'm you. Yeah. Hmm. Good. Good advice. Because I'm doing everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, uh, Booster. That was just the most amazing question, man. Uh, but that Sorry. was hilarious, though. That 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 uh, drawn and quartered fan edition was was fun. I enjoyed that a lot, actually. Uh, okay, Mr. Thundar, you got a question for Mr. Shipman here? I do. Hello. Hello, Gary Shipman. How are you today, bud? Well, I'm, um, I'm well. 
My question for you is actually the inverse of the question he just asked you. What would you say is your least favorite character to try and make look not terrible? Hmm. Least favorite. Raven? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> uh, least favorite. Uh, boy. That's it's hard. I mean, uh, I, I I might think it in my head. Like I might think, oh, drawing this character is going to be just a pain. Like even, uh, okay, just initially, what what comes to my head that I don't want to draw is probably some transformers. Oh, but that doesn't mean that I don't like the transformers. I just see all the work involved. Oh, right. they're so technical. All this stuff, and then oh, that yeah. being said, I drew some tech uh some transformers and i really enjoyed it so um i can show you that if you want to see them um i think i did megatron or something but uh i don't know if i, I put it on another TV. person who isn't a big fan of the transformers what's that i said i've heard other artists who don't like the transformers either well, it's not that I don't like the Transformers. I just don't. It just seems like oh, like a nightmare to draw them. Is, is it hard to get emotion and action out of something like that? Yeah, it's like it's a a character that's a machine, and then to try to make it move and to give it some sort of uh, feeling or emotion. That's Megatron, right? Yeah, well, that's Megatron. Yeah. I'd imagine that you'd have to completely revise how you draw something, right? You know, you're used to drawing people and such, and now you're drawing something more squared and got little bolts and bits everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's it's just... But I think it's more in my head, uh, because once I start doing pretty much anything, I, I have a good time with it. So, like this Megatron, I enjoyed doing it, but when I was commissioned to do it, I was like, oh, no, I got to draw Megatron. Um, but it was fun. I had a good time. It looks great. Thank you. Well, that, and that's a very good question, too, Mr. Thundaro. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Pixel Trader, you got a question for Gary? Uh, yeah, actually. I, so I've looked at Gary's work, and he's he's definitely got uh, different styles that he's experimented with. Uh, but I was curious, like, which one does he find to be the most uh, appealing to him, like the most fun to draw on? Um, I enjoy doing the looser, the looser style. Um, that's more my thing. Um, I, maybe I can pull something up here. Just what, what do you mean by looser style? Um, it's just more, it's free. It, uh, I almost don't even use a pencil. Like here's, here's something that I did. Uh, Aww, it's, it's cool. And so, oh, yeah, I just, bells. Oh, that's good. That's good. It's, uh, so it's more like Mitch's style because Mitch does a free, kind of free, looser style as well with his drawing. Yeah, more so, of a gesture type thing. Yeah. Um, maybe. I, I've only seen like his stuff on uh, uh, the Red Rooster, so I'm not exactly sure if, if it's the same thing or not. Um, but if it is, then yeah, it's pretty close, I'd say. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice picture, nice bit of art. Yeah. Thank you. I'll show, I'll pull up another one so you can see. 
like how it works with superheroes. All right. Oh, there we go. So I was going to, this is a great time for me to, to kind of get in here with my question per se. And that is the, the fact that I, I see you do a lot of things like in Packens land and your artwork seems to be very uh, realistic, kind of, kind of gritty. It has a, Every, everything seems to have more of a, of a of a form that is more touchable and not just this two-dimensional, you know, four-color artwork. Um, is that different when you do something that is grounded and maybe earth-based versus cosmic? Does that change the, the way you're going to view or draw a character? That is a good question. Um... You know what? It, it all is very much an experiment with me. Um, and even in my stream, like if you guys, those of you who've watched me draw, there's many times where I'm, I'm telling everybody, you know, I feel like I'm laying down a mistake when I'm starting. I start making a mistake right away. And then it's how do I solve this problem? How do I fit correct the mistake that I've made, which is called art? Or straw, <laughs> um, for example, sport. Bro. Right. That Thanks, was a Bigfoot, Bigfoot Bill I drew, and it would yeah. it just went terribly wrong. It was hilarious. Uh, so if you want to go watch it on my channel, you can have a good laugh. I um, thought it was good, actually. I liked it. Thank you. But yeah, it's uh yeah. So if I was to do something like, let me see if I can pull up something uh, that I did that would maybe be more cosmic looking. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is Silver Surfer. Oh, I love Silver Surfer. So, uh, look at the, that. There's not a lot of space back there, but um, that's just what comes to mind. Uh, yeah, I, I think that I kind of approach it the same way that I would um, with something that's more here in the real world, I guess you'd say, I don't know it's cosmic is still real world, but it's just not something that we uh, deal with regularly because we're here on earth. So I hope that answered the question. No, I think, uh, I think it's a, uh, it was a very good question actually, Dole. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Danelli is the last one. So go ahead and ask your question, Danelli. Sure. Gary, I've been hearing that you are about to do a project and it's going to launch on a platform called Indiegogo. What is that project about? Uh, I'm going to be doing a sketchbook. Uh, that's going to be my first um, Indiegogo, uh, whatever you want to call it, venturing into Indiegogo to kind of get my feet wet. To, to figure out kind of the pitfalls. Hopefully I figured them all out before I'm going to launch here in about a week. Um, but there are so many gray areas when it comes to, to doing uh, uh, crowdfunding and things like that and trying to get a campaign going um, that, you know, I could use probably all the help I can get. So, um, yeah, but it's going to be a sketchbook. Actually, I have it right here. So there's, this is uh, just the little uh, thumbnail that I did for a video um, for launching the, the Indiegogo campaign for my 2018 sketchbook. 
Um, but there's going to be like a ton of perks. The perks uh, are equally as good, I think, uh, to the actual sketchbook. Uh, one of the perks is going to be we're going to um, reprint the first issue of a comic book that I did back in the 90s called Packins Land. And it, we did about like 18 issues of it, and then it stopped. And it's gone into kind of, a, you know, oblivion, I guess you'd say. And uh, so that the first issue, we're going to give that give that as one of the perks. Uh, you also would get a sketchbook and it's going to have a new cover and it's going to be exclusive to the Indiegogo campaign, the cover. And then we're also going to be at a different perk, giving the original art of that cover away um, to in one of the, it's only going to be one. So it's like uh, there's only one original. So sorry. Um, but, uh, and then we're also going to have a, a calendar um, that we're going to be giving away for 2019. It's going to be a Packins land calendar. And in that calendar, we're going to put the date like market on the day uh, re revealing that information uh, of when we're going to be launching our Packins land Indiegogo campaign. So that's going to be in 2019 that the Packins land omnibus will be made available. Nice. Well, awesome. Forward to that. Yeah. And are you yeah. going to be using a fulfillment service or are you going to be getting your kids and wife involved in all that packaging? Yeah. Right. At this moment, we're going to be using my wife and kids. And yeah, friends. there you go. Yeah. The Mike S. Miller uh, uh, path. I get it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> So, but if it gets too much out of hand, um, we may have to, but I, I'm not foreseeing. I think that we'll be able to handle it. I don't think it's going to be too overwhelming. Well, I'm cer <laughs> I'm certainly looking forward to it, especially seeing that uh, uh, later with the uh, Packers Lane Omnibus. I definitely want to get a hold of that. It's, um, uh, it's good looking. I have your other two sketchbooks and they're wonderful. I've actually shared them with my, uh, my uh, kids' classes at my school. And they all enjoyed the art, uh, so uh, well, it's certainly kid friendly. <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess the question would, the follow up to Denali's question would be, uh, how are you going to go about? Uh, and and you know, one of the interesting things we did uh, was you actually invited several of us on, and we built the Indiegogo with you. Where we 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 offered advice and help, and I thought that was great. And if uh, I think people should go see that video, especially if they want to make an Indiegogo, just to get an understanding of how what the process is. Uh, but uh, as far as promoting this, uh, how are you going to go about that? Are you going to be on Ethan's show and Mike's show? What, what's uh, what's your plan for that? Um, I th this is something that still needs to be uh, breached, I guess, uh, because there are certain people uh, that are real busy. You know, they're like, I call them the big hitters. Um, and so they have their own things going on and uh, it's hard to maybe get a hold of them. And so, I mean, I, I am totally willing uh, to go on different people's uh, channels on their, on their show and talk about it. That's awesome to me, but um, really it has to, I feel like it's, other people, I mean, because they've they've run their own campaigns and they're they're into fulfillment right now. You know, they're drawing pages and they're slammed with work. So I totally get all that. And um, so I'm kind of just uh, I don't know. I, I I'm not sure how to how to do it. But I'm willing to go on people's show 
you know, it's fine. Well, um, I know Mike will have you on. I know Ethan will have you on. So uh, I'm looking. We're, I think, yeah, I know. And you understand that you have about uh, 30 days of no sleep coming to you, right? Yeah, along with all the other days that I've had <laughs> no sleep. Yeah, this doing this yeah. YouTube is a busy thing, isn't it? It sure is, yeah. Uh, William Reed has uh, a comment for you from the chat. Uh, he says that uh, he loves how we all voted on what Gary was putting in his sketch sketchbook. And so did I. <laughs> yeah, that was, was fun. That was yeah. fun. I enjoyed that. One one thing I would um, I would definitely recommend is when you go onto EVS's chats because he's going to have you on, like everybody said, he will, and he gives you that. Hey, go ahead and pitch this. Be ready for it. And I would even practice it, in all honesty. You're going to be in front of 1,500 to 2,000 people, all of which are potential customers. A yeah. lot of guys get up there and they fumble, and then their books don't get funded as fast. Whereas the mm -hmm. guys who are up there and they know what they're ready to say, you don't have to say a lot, maybe a minute, just a quick little elevator pitch. And I think it'll, I think it'll help you a lot. I think it's something that everybody should uh, make sure they're ready for. Yeah, okay. and that, that, by the way, uh, Gary, is Mr. Thundaro. He is the mighty wrench of Ethan Van Skyver, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's not only that. It's to keep pushing it, keep talking about it, mention it every time you can. Like uh, one of the things I've noticed with Ben Jones, for instance, he's got Asgard out right now on Indiegogo. It looks fantastic, mm -hmm. and he is making some money off it. But when he gets on the shows, he just chats about the things, and he doesn't take the opportunities to pitch his work. Mitch did that. Look how much money Mitch made. Uh, right. So, yeah, that's a good point, Mr. Thundaro. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Good advice. All right. So well, if you guys want to, if you guys want to uh, be a part of my Indiegogo campaign, um, we're going to be giving away a 2018 sketchbook, which is going to rock 60 pages. Um, you're also going to get a ton of perks. See, I'm doing it right now. Yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I it's a good wait. point, man. It is a good point. I've, I've seen people fumble just like uh, Thundara said, uh, and you don't want to do that. You want to you want to hit it and pitch it, because especially on Ethan's channel, I mean, you're looking at, what, near 80,000 potential customers, right? Yeah. Right. Um, well, so, uh, for, you know. Yeah, for the highest ones like Ethan and Mitch, the way I saw them doing it, it's every stream, they would talk to a topic and then tie back to their product. Mm -hmm. He would... Like Ethan, he would go off on the SJWs like, man, these SJWs, you know, they're just loonies. They're blue head loonies. And, you know, you, there's nothing you can say about them that, you know, they won't get offended. I could just say happy and they'll be offended. What? You're telling me to be happy? <laughs> you know, and I'm here just drawing about frogs. I'm just here drawing about frogs. Go ahead. I said telling women to smile is sexist. It yeah. was. Well, they told us that when people said uh, she looked boring in the trailer for Captain Marvel, and everyone says, men are being sexist, asking women to smile. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but yeah, anyway. And uh, actually, there's, um, there's two good good uh, suggestions in the in the chat right now. Uh, talk to Edwin and give, yep. him, give him something. Just give him a piece of something to look at, something he can – because Edwin's fantastic at, at promotion. Um, yeah. and his voice is obviously ridiculously nice. So, yeah, and I'm okay. sure you do it. Edwin's a really nice guy. Yeah, Edwin is nice. I, yeah, I, I do like him. 
the, uh, the the slight difference here too is it's it's a sketchbook, so you don't have to really pitch a story too much. You just have to get the art in front of people so they can see what they're getting. Yep, and, right. and, and really kind of hammer home. You know, this is some of my favorite work. You know, I really want to get it out in front of you. It just pitch like, you know, you're getting me. You know, you're they're getting Gary. They're they're getting to see what's behind the artist and and what your favorite pieces are to show to them and. When you can make that personal connection and they can get a piece of your work and, and really see, because I, I know a lot of people want to know more about what you do. And you come on these streams and you do these really great pieces and uh, everybody's just locked and fixated on it because you, you knock out these beautiful portraits during, uh, during the different shows and stuff. I'm sure more people want to see your work. Well, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Gary, and being our guest and allowing us to practice on you, sir. Uh, we're trying to get better at what we're doing. Um, so thank you for that. And um, thank for thank you for everyone watching. Uh, we are we are really trying to build up a community here. We're trying to get more people involved in what we're doing. Uh, I want to thank all the fans, guests we had on here today. Uh, I want to thank Luis uh, for coming on and uh, being a, a fan with us, but also talking about his Indiegogo. Uh, thank you also for uh, James, uh, otherwise known as Doom, for coming on, a new guest this week. Uh, and uh, this was a lot of fun. We had a good show. And uh, so everyone, please remember uh, to hit that uh, like button, subscribe, and share this. Uh, we really want to build this community up. And uh, don't forget to go over to FanSpeak. And like we mentioned earlier, put your art there. Put your comic book reviews. Let us uh, let us share that with this community. And uh, so thank you all once again. And uh, uh, everyone, uh, all our fans, uh, say goodbye to the people. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, people. Um, bye. bye, everybody. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> bye. All right, thank you, guys. And we will see you next Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Fan Speak. Good evening. Bye.